Welcome to Up Close and Acoustic. Performance interview radio, hosted by Charlie Silvestri. Just one push too far. You could fall into yourself and not get out again. Just one I spend a lot of time worrying about things that could go wrong I yearn for the weekends but they always take too long And when I'm home the monsters still won't leave me alone They're in my envelopes, my laptop and my TV and my phone I used to be a different me I used to be okay with this Now I'm barely afloat in my cockle shell boat Waiting for the ocean's kiss How far to hitchin? The Prague-based DIY project by Paul Dues delivers a powerful punch with the album Easy Targets. The elaborate songs, created by Paul for How Far to Hitchin, touch on various aspects of the human condition that are not always so well addressed in interpersonal relationships, let alone in rock music, progressive or otherwise. And while the songs have, at their core, some serious observations and perhaps some equally serious introspection from Paul Dues, How Far to Hitchens' Easy Targets is a remarkably fun listen. I discovered Paul and his DIY project, named after his hometown, through a featurette in Prague Magazine, and I am, in that publication's debt, for that service. I can't wait to hear what Paul Dues cooks up next in his basement musical laboratory. Next, we're up close and acoustic with How Far to Hitchin. You're listening to Up Close and Acoustic. I'm Charlie Silvestri. Today, my guest is Paul Dews from the band How Far to Hitchin. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Charlie. Thanks a lot for um, asking me along. It's a pleasure. I was introduced to the band How Far to Hitchin through Prague Magazine. I'm on a Prague rock kick, and uh, Paul had a featurette in the magazine. Whenever I see something that looks interesting in that magazine, I tend to listen along online whenever there's something available. I liked it so much I wound up buying his CD and uh, then convincing him to do this harebrained scheme of (laughs) intercontinental uh, interview. Thanks. You're a DIY guy from what I gather. Yeah. How did it come about that uh, somebody A, found you and B, wound up giving you a feature in the magazine? Um, it was, I don't know, I was asking myself the same question because, I, I mean, I've been doing this, I've been writing songs, writing, you know, stuff for years and years and never, never, ever got anywhere with it. But my first album was on cassette and then I kind of upgraded to a Roland um, BR2000 kind of um, workstation and I wasn't really into computer music. And by the time I'd got into doing the digital stuff, then kind of Facebook had come along. And so I hadn't been on Facebook before that. So I kind of didn't have any opportunities 
because all I could do before then was just send out the old-fashioned way, either sending cassettes out or sending CDs out to record companies, getting the usual, sorry, we like it, but you're not for us, blah, 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 kind of stuff. So I kind of had spent a lot of years, you know, going through all that. And then with getting into Facebook, you know, I was a late kind of, you know, arrival on Facebook. I knew, me I too. Started, I only really started because people kept telling me, if you're going to promote your music, you need to get on Facebook. You know, because otherwise you're going to be fighting against people who are, have a bigger platform than you have. So I finally kind of got onto it in in 2017, and um, when the album, when I was ready for the album to come out, so I was just promoting it kind of the best I could, not really expecting anything at all. Because I was talking to my wife, and I said, all I want to do is just um, get this album out, and if just one person that I don't know. <laughs> likes it you know and gets back to me you know uh, that would be great so I just and, and I was kind of a real novice so I kind of in, in terms of social media so I put it out onto Bandcamp and then um, I kind of um, just went back upstairs to have a cup of tea or something and then I came downstairs and checked half an hour later um, a guy called Paul Grunnell from um, Harbour FM who runs a prog show called The Last Outpost He'd, within that half an hour of me putting it on Bandcamp, he'd found it because he was just looking through for some stuff. So it was a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, he sent me an email. So I've just found your, your album. It looks really interesting. Uh, do you want to do, um, do you want to send me some stuff and I'll kind of play it on my radio show? So I was like, wow, yeah, great. You know, I was like elated. It's funny. You say, you know, one person that you don't know. That's not something that even just DIYers suffered through i i know many people in bands who when i go to see their shows i like a lot of different music and i go to a lot of shows but generally if it's a if it's a smaller band or a band that they're doing originals and they're at a bar it's rare that people go to a bar to hear somebody else doing originals so they're in the same boat i mean they're they're trying to find an audience and they're trying to find people that they don't know who yeah. uh, likes their music too. I think you had an amazing stroke of luck there.
You are listening to Up Close and Acoustic with Charlie Silvestri today. My guest is Paul Dews and his project, How Far to Hitchin. The album is Easy Targets. Great album. You've had that stroke of luck. Since I have become a fan of yours and since I have joined the How Far to Hitchin on Facebook, uh-huh. you know, I notice a flurry of activity. Even since I just signed on, you're pretty busy now. On, uh... <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I start. I, I kind of started off quite slowly. As I say, I had that kind of email from Paul Granell, and that was great. I just thought, wow, kind of like a little validation, you know. And uh, so I just thought, right, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe some other people might like it. So I just kept on kind of promoting it and promoting it the best way I could. And I was sending um, CDs off to um, kind of magazines and radio presenters and BBC. I managed to get a... Uh, um, some play on BBC's um, Introducing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a, a, a show called Introducing. So I managed to get um, Flowers from Burma. They played that. And and I had some response from um, some Radio 3 music um, uh, presenters. And I and I really wanted to, I thought, I really want to get in Prog Magazine. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> you know, because like Prog <laughs> Magazine, if you're into Prog, that's the magazine, really. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I just... I just sent the CD off saying, hi, um, if you get time, maybe somebody would like to listen to this and review it or something, you know, very short little note. I just wasn't expecting anything at all. I thought, I'll do it so that I know I've done it. Then I can forget about it, you know, and know that I haven't just not done it and, you know, haven't got anything to complain about. So, and then um, I think, so I sent that off on the Tuesday and then this is earlier this year. So this must have been around about... um, february or something like that and the the next day i I had a um an email back from the editor and um saying you know we've listened to your cd in the office and we all really like it we'd love to do an article on you and i was just like (laughs) my heart was going like this and i ran up and said look at this look at this and uh, so yeah and that was it and it was just i was just completely amazed and uh it was fantastic well deserved Uh, it is truly an enjoyable album uh, front to back start to finish i really do like i'm not just yeah. saying that I, I think it was a it was a great find i read the magazine because i'm always looking for a different band a different sound yours does not sound like everything else that i had listened to up to that point that's probably part of the appeal and and part of the appeal was was knowing that you're a, a diy guy you're not in some big studio you're no. now see in my mind's eye I picture you toiling away in a darkened basement and tinkering <laughs> like a mad scientist yeah. until, you know, until something's right. Uh, That's pretty uh, accurate. It is pretty accurate. Okay. Um, well, in that case, how do you know, since, since you're sort of insular there, how do you know when a song is finished? Because there's a lot going on in a lot of the different songs. I mean, there's a lot of instrumentation or programming or different sounds going on. So when is it done for you? Um, there's always, I always end up with more kind of layers of stuff than I kind of intend to do. I kind of, and this one, I'm going to make it really simple and it's going to be, a, you know, and then, but you know, the next thing you know, there's like 
you know, 55 tracks of vocals. I wondered about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, because the way I write is, I mean, it, it kind of, there are various ways that I write. Sometimes I'll just, I'll have, um, cause I kind of go to travel around on the train a lot. So when I'm on the train, um, lyrics usually come into my head. So a lot of lyrics get, get written on the train and then I might have a melody idea. So I'll sing that quickly into my iPhone uh, so I can remember what the um, melody is when I get home. And then I'll tinker around on guitar. So usually I've got a kind of a a feel of what the complete track is going to sort of be like, or at least half of it. You know, once I get started, I'm, I'm away, and then I can kind of get stuck into it. And I just, um, and I'll just, I just hear the instrumentation in my head. I think kind of most people do when they're writing. You, you kind of, Put a basic um, guitar track down, put a vocal down, put a kind of a, a rough um, drum pattern down, listen to it back, and things start to happen in your head. You cut, you start to hear string sections, you start to hear vocal harmonies, you know, you start to hear little glitchy sound effects popping in and out and rhythms and percussive things. And so I just try them out. And so I could end up with lots and lots and lots of things recorded and then quite a lot of them, maybe a quarter of them won't work. Uh, they work in your head, but when you actually record them, listen back, they don't work at all. Usually I'm recording until about one, two o'clock in the morning. Then I'll sit back and listen back to the mixes with a with a homebrew. I can sit back and relax and just listen. And then once I kind of start to feel that it's like I'm enjoying it, and like I can listen to it like somebody's that's not written it, but I, you know, it's just a piece of music that I've kind of put on and I'm happy and everything seems to be just working. And I think, no, it doesn't need anything else. That's it now. That's that's fine.
You're listening to Up Close and Acoustic. Today I'm speaking with Paul Dews from How Far to Hitchin. His album, or the band's album, is Easy Targets. Your background is art, if I'm not mistaken, or you went to school for art, visual art? Yeah. Okay, so when you're writing music, do you have any training in that, or is that just trial and error? What What is the background for the music? Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm self-taught on on everything. I, I mean, I did have, I started playing the guitar when I was 12. I went into, um, I kept on and on and on about it to my uh, mum and dad saying, oh, I'd love it. I used to watch, you know, like Cliff Richard f- films of Hank Marvin in the shadows. And mm-hmm. I just thought these guys are just having such a great time. I, I want, you know, <laughs> I understand. To learn to play the guitar. And uh, so and I became obsessed by it. And uh, anyway, I um, went into hospital to have my appendix out. And um, I was 12. And uh, when I got back out of hospital, they bought me this guitar from Woolworths. Uh, in a cardboard box, I think it was called a, a, an audition classical guitar. Probably cost them about you know twelve pounds or something, which was you know in nineteen seventy something. It was quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had this guitar, and so I just taught myself. I, I think the first day I had it, I learnt the theme tune from Doctor Zhivago on one <laughs> string. <laughs> you know, da, 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 That's very yeah. ambitious on your part. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I kind of played around and I had a few classical lessons and a few jazz guitar lessons, but I'd, I never, I could never stick to them because I'd just go home and, you know, start doing the practice that I was supposed to be doing. And then I'd just start writing things and playing around with chords and just go off at a tangent and start, you know, uh, I was more interested in kind of trying to figure out how to write some kind of song than getting the scales right and everything. And, uh, cause you know, when well, you're impatient, kid, I mean, yeah. kids are impatient. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. That's the way it happens. So yeah, I'm kind of self-taught on that. I mean, you know, it's guitarists, I'm, I'm generalizing, but you know, guitarists are notoriously bad when it comes to kind of musical theory. So yeah, I kind of taught myself that. And then I had a few, um, flute lessons because I got into um, kind of prog rock through some f- friends at work and um, I think the first thing I listened to was um, a guy lent me uh, Trick of the Tail and uh, so and I, then I went back through the whole back catalogue and bought everything and so I, and I really got into the flute um, because of Gabriel's flute playing on the early stuff so I got a flute as well had a few lessons on flute and that didn't last long either because I, I started just like sticking um, uh, transduced and microphones to the end of the flute and playing it through echo effects and things like that. So I was kind of interested in kind of messing around and experimenting and making sound uh, again. Well, that hasn't changed. I mean, as, as a listener, uh, I can hear that uh, a lot of the, um, the rhythm on some of the tracks and a lot of even sometimes the melody on some of the tracks is I could be saying this wrong but it is made up sounds or or sounds injected into the song to make up part of the song but it's not really music it's it's more like sound as rhythm or sound as melody yeah yeah there's lots of um there's lots of kind of glitchy stuff and um kind of i like i mean i like to um record like household um, objects and uh, you know at the beginning of um, the peacocks of Berkeley there's all that stuff going on there's the bell which is our, our the bell on our back door so when you open the bell it when you open the back door it hits the bell and so and there's our kettle and tea being made and cups clinking and then just trying to and then kind of washes of a pad washes over over stuff and just you know the peacocks from around the corner I record them there on there um, so you get this kind of soundscape of stuff building up and then I'll take some of those sounds and and build up a little rhythm with them to kind of introduce you into the actual musical part and rhythm of the song so yeah I like to I like to mess around with everything and sort of give myself parameters as well I'm not really a keyboard player as such I, I kind of have to kind of figure out what the chords are play a few, a few passages record a bit and um yeah, I'm not really a keyboard player as such. Uh, I just kind of have to kind of do the best I can and, and record it, which is easy if you're um, like me, you've got, you know, all your equipment at hand and you can just come down to the studio anytime. You don't have to worry about some um, studio fees or watching the clock, just come down and mess around. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've got the luxury of time to learn how to, you know, get stuff out of my head and onto the, the computer. 
Listening to Up Close and Acoustic with Charlie Silvestri today, my guest is Paul Dews and his project, How Far to Hitchin. Do you mind if we break a couple of songs down? I'm, I'm really interested uh, in, in, in at least talking about a couple of them. I really enjoy Our Friend is in the Meadow. That, that may mm-hmm. be the best song I've, I've ever heard about death, I think, yeah. or, or, or it's a meditation on death or how people deal with death. Yeah. I think that's that was well written and deserves to be heard by a lot of people. If it's not too personal, what brought that song about? It was initially kind of the idea came into my head because we, uh, a friend of ours, my, my, sort of my wife, I, f- I feel funny calling her my wife because we, we've been together for um, you know like nearly 30 years and we only got married in 2014. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just feels weird calling mm-hmm. Emma my wife. But um, anyway, so Emma, we had a close friend who died and her her funeral was kind of um, she was in a like a, a kind of woven bamboo green coffin, so that's where the kind of the sushi bit comes from. Yeah, yeah. And um, and she was um, buried in a in a meadow in a kind of um, one of these um, not not a cemetery but a kind of natural burial ground, and it was really beautiful. And it, the day that she 
the day that she got um, buried. It was just, um, it was just such, such a poignant thing, just being in a place like, because I've never been to a funeral in, in such a place before, you know, just surrounded by, you know, fields and grass and hills and trees and, and all these insects and everything buzzing around and stuff. And it was just really, you know, just perfect for her. And um, we went back um, a few months later to visit the um, grave site and to see how the tree that was planted was was, was growing. And uh, there was dragonflies kind of, you know, hovering around and stuff. And I remember being kind of, when we left on the evening of the, the actual funeral day, I remember kind of, it sounds a bit weird, but I remember thinking, is she going to be okay there on her own? <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just odd. Um, so, yeah, so then that's where the title came from for that anyway, it was obviously, you know, our friend is in the meadow. And um, and then I had another close friend um, who died um, a couple of years after, who was in the band I was in. Uh, he, he was kind of 40, 47. He died a great rhythm guitar player, really, really excellent guy. And that was quite a, a, a sudden and short illness. And then, you know, it was a real shock. So yeah, the, the song just kind of emerged out of these kind of these deaths of friends and um, just thinking about his, scattering his ashes across um, the fields uh, in, near the childhood village where he grew, he grew up. So it's all about, you know, you know just just thinking about, um, I said to Emma, you know, this, there's the, um, this middle section where there's the kind of the ebo bit and the bit, and then there's the, the narrative kind of poem, uh, which my which Emma um, recorded. I said just write something about you know about Annie and about David for this um, piece in the middle. So she just wrote this, and I just thought it was wonderful. You know, just mm -hmm. absolutely said everything I wanted to say, and uh, so I got her to record that. And yeah, and it's just it's really beautiful. I think that that piece in the middle. Uh, the words that she kind of wrote were just fantastic. Well, you can start and we'll come in. And as it's late, we're having a discussion on what we're giving up for late. Can I ask you first, Patrick, what you're giving up for late? Is it on? And what a brilliant We're going to say hello all together now. Okay. But it doesn't cost much to give up your paycheck to the nearest charity. Can I ask you what you're giving up for late?
You are listening to Up Close and Acoustic with Charlie Silvestri today. My guest is Paul Dews and his project, How Far to Hitchin. It's, it's interesting. When I first listened to uh, Resistance is Futile, I listened to it over and over again. Before I got the CD in the mail, by the way, you can go to How Far to Hitchin and get a CD of what we're talking about. If you're interested, after you hear this show, after you hear the music and you want it, contact Paul Dews. I'm sure he'd be happy to set you up with a CD uh, from How Far to Hitchin. It's called Easy Targets. You'll love it. I listened to Resistance is Futile, and in my mind's eye, this is before I got the record, I thought that you may have been talking about a dependency on technology. And I thought you might have been talking about a, t- you know, a dependency on for example, like a, a cell phone or whatnot. But when I got the CD and, and I looked in the packaging, you were talking about uh, possibly a chemical dependence, uh, or at least the, the drawing led me to believe that. Now, I'm sure you'd love everybody to interpret it in whatever way. But what did, what did you, what were you singing about? Were you singing about? Uh, yeah, it's about, yeah. it's about addictions generally. Um, okay. It started off as, because Emma works in theatre and we were involved in this kind of like um, performance art piece um, a few years ago. And I was playing a character, it was based inside um, our friend's house, so you know, public uh, members of the public were coming into the house and there were various kind of things going on in each of the rooms in the garden. And I was sat outside um on the front bench um, with the kind of uh, tobacco and cigarette papers and a book on self-help and origami and stuff like that. So, and it basically, my little kind of, my little performance was about a guy who is trying to give up cigarettes. So he's kind of 
trying to take his mind off cigarettes and he's just making all these uh, amazing origami uh, models and things and he and but he's constantly taking the cigarette out of his pocket looking at it and putting putting it back and getting more and more frustrated that he can't have a fag so and, and eventually he just starts to um make this thing out of paper and it turns out that he's made this kind of origami ashtray and then he gets a cigarette out and then he starts smoking and then he drops down in relief and this and i thought i need a little kind of tune to go with this so i just wrote this this music very quickly and i just put the resistance is futile um lyrics over it and in the kind of very sketched out form and i just had that in on a kind of a portable cassette player, uh, CD player next to me. So you got me doing this performance, and then the, this was the first, the first kind of demo of um, "Resistance Is Futile" coming out of the speakers. So that's where it came from. And we were listening to it in the car as we were driving to the the venue. And then we said, oh, "This is a really great track. I really like this. You should just, you know, do something with it." I said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I will do. I'll, I'll, I might kind of um, work on it a bit more and see if I can." put it on the album see how it pans out so that's how that came about and so it's yeah it's, and it, it kind of it kind of evolved into being about that dependency on nicotine and then growing out into kind of anybody's dependency on any kind of drug or um, kind of alcohol or it could be indeed it could be technology or you know anything really mm-hmm. it's also about um, when you're a kid you can go to gigs, you can do this, that, and the other, and you can totally be immersed in the whole joy of the occasion and not need any kind of, you know, drug at all in order to help you. And I just, as I kind of grew older and I went, started to go into more gigs um, when I was a late teenager in my 20s with, with friends, you know, we'd, we'd start off, you know, we're kind of like 15 drinking Coke, and then by the time we're kind of, you know, 20, we can't enjoy the gig unless we've got a pint of lager or something you know or going outside for a cigarette you think you know why why do we need this to make this occasion whole you know and so yeah it's about that and so it's about you know that kind of the innocence that you you lose i mean a lot of my tracks are about lost innocence i suppose but it's about that um yeah it's about mm-hmm. addiction and how we we didn't need it but then suddenly we do <laughs>
Listening to Up Close and Acoustic with Charlie Silvestri today, my guest is Paul Dews and his project, How Far to Hitchin. The progressive or the prog or whatever you want to call it idea sometimes seems to go hand in hand with the DIY uh, yeah. ethos, I think. I, I think people are willing to, to take the time to find the sound that they're looking for and capture it as best they can. And I think that's what I like, really, yeah. about yeah. all of it. Yeah. Okay, you seem like a really busy guy with how far to hitch and now. It would be remiss of me not to even bring up that you did the all the artwork and, and everything for uh-huh. the record, the gatefolds, or you know, the different pages in the booklet. So if people want to check that out, Paul used it all of his own artwork as well, the visual artwork. What's next? What are you working on? Because you strike me as a guy that always has to be working on something. Right, okay, so I'm... Kind of, I think I'm about halfway through the new album. I've got about five or six tracks. I was working last night down here uh, on a track called The Crow. So that's coming That's coming together pretty well. Not, I'm so slow at writing stuff. And uh, I've told everybody that I'm going to have it all kind of done <laughs> in 2018. So I suppose I've got to now. Um, but um, yeah, it might be, you know, it might be Christmas Eve, but uh, it, hopefully it'll be out anyway. So yeah, that's that's um, coming out um, whenever. And I'm really kind of enjoying recording and writing it. It's um, <clears throat> a bit different from Easy Targets, I think. It's turning out to be much, not intentionally, but it's turning out to be much more proggy I, I suppose um there's um there is a chirpy song there there is a there is another happy song in there as well and it's, not, it's not just kind of doom and gloom and crows cawing at people from trees um so yeah there's kind of like some of the songs are a bit longer uh, and there's there's a couple of tracks which are kind of like part ones and part twos as well in in classic prog tradition uh, so um yeah, that's that's coming along nice. I bought a new 12 spring, especially um, last the, the week before last, so that I could record the crow. Um, so that's going to be a nice kind of jangly, fluty thing. Yeah, it's coming along really well, and um, I, I hope people enjoy it as much as Easy Targets. Paul Dews, thank you very much for doing up close and acoustic if you'd like give uh websites or facebook sites or whatever you'd like a shout out let people know where people can go to to get your music or at the very least listen and and uh get a taste of what you do okay well if you if you need to um there's a couple of videos up on my um the official how far to hitching website which is www.howfartohitching.com and there is also um the album is also up on Bandcamp if you want to kind of have a listen to a preview some of the songs on there. I'd advise if you want to buy it, though, buy it from my website. Yes, definitely. <laughs> because I get more money. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thank you very much. I really enjoyed talking with you. And uh, thanks again for planning this so far in advance and uh, following through with me. I can't tell you, it's, it's meant a lot to me. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And you, Charlie. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. And thanks a lot for asking me. It's been a real honor. Thank you. My thanks again to Paul Dews and How Far to Hitchin. 
For more information about How Far to Hitchin, please go to howfartohitchin.com. Hitchin is spelled H-I-T-C-H-I-N, howfartohitchin.com. You can also find him on Facebook, and there is even a news site for How Far to Hitchin on Facebook. Check it out. Since this is up close and acoustic, I've asked Paul Dews and How Far to Hitchin to venture a little bit out of his comfort zone and play us one of his songs acoustically for us. I'll let Paul introduce it for you. Helpless is is about feeling completely helpless in the face of a loved one who is going through either depression or illness or anything that's kind of um, staggeringly life-changing and upsetting. And about that kind of state that you get into where no matter how much you love somebody and how much you want to try to help them or how many solutions or how many problem-solving kind of plans you try to come up with, in the end, there's nothing you can do about it. If somebody is really, really ill, there's nothing you can ultimately do about it. And if they're struggling in in mental health problems as well, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to be there and, you know, help them to get through it again so that's what the song is about it's and it, it's about kind of running away from the situation sometimes and hiding because it's become too much and you just need some space on your own but and to reflect and to have a you know have a breather and uh, so you know that's what it's about <laughs> I am sitting in the dark But I'm not hiding from you I'm just hiding from myself My ineptitude I am sitting in the dark You are somewhere out of Now 
You've been listening to Up Close and Acoustic. For more information, please go to upcloseandacoustic.com. Even better, go to Up Close and Acoustic on Facebook and please give the page a like. For questions and comments, go to upcloseandacoustic at gmail.com and drop us a note.